3: Ahla wa sahlan. Welcome to Salaam Radio Show playing here on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Lukman and in today's show, Marushi and I will be featuring Bukja, a community organization and a group of artists using art, music and performance to tell stories of uh, displaced refugees. Maurice and I had the privilege of seeing Bukje perform live at the Prax Center in South Moran and while there we got the chance to interview some of the artists from the show so today you'll be hearing that and parts of the actual performance uh, that we recorded live
1: What a beautiful intro to the show. You enter and you're taken away by the decor. You see a wide tent underneath which placed carefully oriental tapestries and ground ceilings, on which the musicians are jamming on the commune and the world. Up next, we'll hear Rania's poem. Rania Ahmad is a spoken word artist. She aims to change perspective via inspiring change from within. Her poetry leads listeners to discover their own conclusions. When I heard Rania perform, I was taken away to this dreamland which was her childhood. She describes it in such a vivid way and you feel like you're with her, with her memory. You feel the innocence of her childhood and the suffering of her journey. You feel that melancholy, that longing to go back, to a place that once was colorful and joyful, to a place that once was home. Without further ado, I'll leave you with
4: Rania. Spread your book chair on your childhood bed. Straighten out the four corners, gather what you can. The floral skirt with jewel edgings you water gardens on the first day of spring to blend in with the newborn roses. The hair clips glittering in rainbow colors treasured in a royal box silver engraved waves. The sweet scent of your strawberry shaped pink polka dotted eraser enchanted pencil case with magnetic doors. The smile on the face of your red cabbage patch. Golden earrings surrounding a turquoise gemstone. Gather friendship memories, moments never to return. Shireen, Sara, Nuha, and Rania. Make way for the first time you held a telephone and said, aloo. Pack the balcony's dusty metal green rails. They are your pretend window to look upon neighbouring secrets. And bring your budgie Lolita with her morning tweets. The tomato carriage, dragged by the scrawny donkey, and a man yelling, Hamra ya uta. Hamra ya uta. Pack the family warmth the stability of a home, the aunts and the uncles you may never see. Squeeze in the front porch, with its stairs a playground witnessing your laughter. Pat grandpa's hug drenched in old spice cologne. Grandma's kushari and a street smelling of crunchy fried onions topped with chili powder and eased with soothing cold rice pudding, and sultanas. Don't forget the sound of the whistle announcing the arrival of the fairy floss man. You love fairy floss. Pack the lolly shop man. Ice cream dulcie, chocolate corona, Bam chewing gum, and nighty Twinkies to have with pretend tea. Pack queuing up at the hairdressers the night before Eid. Heat burning your scalp as you're transformed into a princess while the Eid song is resonating. El Eid Farha. Pack your favourite TV shows. Boogie otam tam. Eid at Pack your teachers. Miss Mira and her three golden stars on my proud book. Black Fridays, tranquility in the air filled with scented smoke to gather the angels marking the end of the week. Holy verses flood the streets for today all are happy. The mulberry tree you tiptoe to get sweet juicy taste squirting burgundy stains on your top. The sugar cane juice in an aluminium jug poured in a large glass just for little me and bring a necklace of 20 jasmines from the man standing at the traffic light. Pack the world, about to disappear. Now, to close your book Take the right-hand corner, along with the bottom left-hand corner, tie a knot and the top left-hand corner, along with the bottom right-hand corner. Tie another knot. Tie them both onto a stick to carry on your fragile shoulders. You may need a strong stick. Your book chair is heavy, very heavy.
1: to Salam Radio Show. I'm um, your host, Marushi, and I'm here with Luke Mann. i uh, Yeah, we're Hello. in Whittlesea Council and at Prague. Um, and we've heard about the Bukhre performance and we're really excited to come and check it out. Um, can you tell us what are your... Rania, can you
4: tell us your involvement in this amazing I, uh, event? Uh, I actually... Um, it, heard of Book J a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, I, I saw it on Facebook, it was a little clip that Asil had done, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kept on coming back to my mind after I listened to it, a lot, and it's um, some, something that drew me to it, yeah. so um, one day I got the courage and, and, and sent a message after a week of just lingering, should I call, should I not call, I, I just <laughs> left her a message saying, you know Book J, hook me up yeah <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and I was about it I was like she's going to not even answer because she's very busy and then so she sent me back a message saying okay send me a poem and we'll see cool and um so I, I, I uh, every time I would write a poem mm-hmm. I would stop because it was really painful yeah so after three weeks she sent me an sms at 11 o'clock at night saying I still don't have your poem." And so she so, followed
1: it up with you. Yeah, yeah.
4: so at that, that night, um, at 2 o'clock in the morning,
0: mm-hmm.
4: I actually was writing in my diary, and, and I, could, I couldn't see the ink from the tears that were coming in as I was writing that poem. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's how it started. So when I said it to her, um, you know, I was in. <laughs> so okay. Something happened in that poem yeah. Yeah. that... Um, Something happened to me in that poem mm. more than to the project. Yeah. Uh, it was almost um, a resurrection of a part in me that was uh, imprisoned. Okay. Just yeah. not allowed to appear. Can
1: you can you tell us a little bit about your background, yeah. how, how you came here? And... Um,
4: Actually, yeah. I uh, migrated here when I was 11. Mm. 1991, we migrated here when the... Um, Iraq and Kuwait war was happening. Mm. Um, And so my dad got a job here as an agricultural scientist, as a a lecturer in Melbourne University. And so um, he got the job. And when we came here, it was a year later. It was the year of the recession here in 1991. Tough one. So, yeah, he came here and he no longer had a job. And the person who offered him the job no longer had a job either. So it it was a tough year. Yeah um we were rushed into school rushed into living in australia we had all these beautiful dreams about living the good life you know and then it was just we came into the recession year mm-hmm. so it was it was pretty tough
1: yeah yeah, yeah. like you
4: had this imagination that you're being saved. You're all safe here. Oh, well, mm. honestly, I, I was 11 back then, so oh, it wasn't yeah. the idea of being saved. I was just being mm-hmm. dragged into this thing that my dad's got this new job, and I have to leave all my friends and everything else. And I'm originally from Egypt, so it's a very warm culture. Yeah, definitely. Very, you know, what do they call collectivist culture? It's like kind of it's communi- community. Now we're back here with this an extremely individualistic culture, so it was just yeah. a culture shock everything's so dry you know even the you know even the the, the colors of the leaves is mm. uh, faded it's mm. just dry green it's not that bright green wow this, this, <laughs> as opposed to um egypt and where i'm used to seeing green
1: yeah um i yeah i grew up in lebanon as well um mm. and recently went to egypt as well and morocco and it felt like there was a different energy to that part mm. of there's a huge contrast between that part of the world and here, and mm. I feel like it does reflect on the people as well. It must have been a huge change being 11, Yeah. coming here, starting again. Yeah, it, it yeah. was,
4: it was, but processing that change mm. it didn't happen until a couple of years ago, really, Yeah. for me.
1: Okay, it takes time. Yeah. yeah. No, it
4: just wasn't allowed, there was no time okay. back then. Back then it was like, there's no time for this you need to go to school, you need to adapt you Mm. need to assimilate, you need to this, this, this it was quick so this whole thing about oh I just left my family or processing the fact that you've just been taken from one soil into another Mm. it's just there was no time or I wasn't, somehow I was given the impression that I wasn't allowed to sit and I was too busy Mm. adapting Mm. for for my parents coming for my parents leaving their family for my brothers just not for me yeah. So only when this project started a couple so of years ago. So, this project
1: is allowing you yeah. to think and process things. Exactly. And amazing. this is what I mean
4: by the imprisonment. Like yeah. It was just like this part of me who just wasn't allowed to exist. Mm. Or I wasn't allowed to believe that it existed mm-hmm. until a seals project allowed it. And I remember after I finished that um, poem, I said to her, I didn't realize we had a voice. Wow. And that's when she said, No, we've always had a voice, Ronnie." Right
1: <laughs> it is so touching to know that a project like this is empowering people like you mm-hmm. and uh, allowing them to express themselves and having someone believing in you like Asil mm. is wonderful. And all the best of luck with this project, Thank and I you. hope you keep going and write more poetry for us. Thank, Thank you. you.
5: Sometimes, choice is a painful thing. Sometimes.
1: Amazing flute solo by Camille Ferrali and Mawal by Asil Taya. As part of the Bookshare performance at Whittlesea Council Prague, now let's hear the interview with Camille. Camille, here we go again. Yeah,
2: good to be back on Salam.
1: Yeah, we can't get enough of you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we had such a fun time last time you performed on the Canon, on Ableton Push, and on the flute. yeah tell us uh, what's what's
2: uh, going on tonight, what are you doing? First, uh, maybe I can just at least tell the listeners what Bukje is about. Yes. It's um, Bouje is the sack that uh, tr- like refugees or travelers carry on their back uh, on a stick when they need to leave their home. And uh, through this bouje, we're making a play that uh, has poems, like songs and different kinds of arts and as well as, Uh, dances Uh, yeah to kind of uh, talk about the journey of refugees and of migrants and what they have to go through to start a new life somewhere else and to break many of the stereotypes that are uh, directed towards those refugees as well as misconceptions as well as it's easier for everyone to see those people as humans rather than just like someone coming to whatever take our jobs or or just (laughs) like yeah or like just a number, you know, and, yeah. and that's why it's so interesting and so touching for us as well as, um, like, I, as I said on the previous episode, I only came to Australia two years ago mm-hmm. and many of the stories that we're telling in, which are real stories that are collected by the way, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I can't help but feeling emotional even while performing, that's maybe the s- seventh time we're performing it and every time on stage, you know, I feel super emotional does beca- that help or, um, it does a lot actually yeah? a lot yeah I feel like after we did our first show I felt that for the first time like I'm doing art that's not just for the sake of making art but I'm telling the story that truly really represents me especially being an instrumentalist mm. there are no lyrics in what I do mm. uh, I compliment the lyrics and for the first time I'm complimenting lyrics that I really that I really relate to and there's a different dimension to it. And I'm sure... Um, and, and the beauty of this is not only, you don't have to be a direct migrant to enjoy it. But many people who cried during our shows actually had their parents migrating to Australia. Okay. And this was a bit the story of their parents. And all the hardship... Like they started connecting with... Thinking about their parents in a different way. Because they felt the story that their parents went through. And it's so like, touching and emotional as well. Join me, Aya cry with Ubuntu voices. Wednesday
4: at 8.30 p.m. on 3CR. Ubuntu is a Zulu word, meaning I am here because you are. Ubuntu celebrates the positive contribution African-Australians make to our communities in music, Academia, the arts None and so everything free. in between. Come with me on a journey. Ubuntu Voices free. every Wednesday at 8:30 p.m. None of us are free. None of us, are
0: free. None of us is free. None of us are free. i
1: on the flute, or the nai, and Mina on the guitar, and now we're just gonna introduce you to Asil Taya, the founder of Bukjeh. Hi Asil, so Hello. great to have you, so Thank great you. you. Thank you for being here too. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you're on 3CR, Salam Radio, um, and this is Lukman, okay. um, and so, yeah, we heard about this project uh, through Camille, and I, I looked it up, and we were just talking about the idea, how it came, the book there, and um, having to grab everything at once, going through that experience of having to leave home in... Um, instantly and just start a new life somewhere else. Uh, Can you tell us how you started, how that idea came to you?
6: Bukje is um, the story of my people, like most of the stories I know in Palestine and most of the stories I was told as a child was the stories of those who have been forced to leave home, the stories of their sex and their big kind of... um, bulk of things that were wrapped. And as a child, I always looked at these photos and wondered, what did the people, you know, put in there? Like, what was the things that really people, like, wanted to take? Mm. Some people's bookchairs were very small and some others were really big. Like, I really wondered, what was it? And when I watched a few videos of, like, people that have been in camps for, like, 70 years and things didn't change, especially in the Eritrean experience, I was, like, wondering what... Like, what did people take that it was so magical to help mums? to survive that long. Whenever a baby is sick, they will run into the same book and get the medicine. Whenever like a grandma is like mourning home or like feeling homesick, mm-hmm. they will go and f- find the cure. It must be something magical. It's much more than what the actual things were, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did, I was um, uh, part of a program called Imagine culture leaders at Fo- Footscreen Meter Art Center. And I did a whole exhibition of like few meters long of like creating a tear shape of the um, different sex it was like a big kind of dama. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, when was that? Uh, 2014 Okay, yeah. so that was like ages ago, um. <laughs> it feels like ages ago 14, <laughs> 15 mm. uh, and um, then slowly I got to know uh, kind of more people and the faces and differences and the stories and the experiences of people made me feel like there's much, you know a lot to say to people but we don't really know that and we don't Ask because if you know what is important to ask. What is not? What can we um, do? What can we not? So like all these kind of um, barriers. Of can you ask someone where are you from? Or like people getting kind of embarrassed. I personally was so proud all the time to say mm. I'm Palestinian. Even yeah. if people you know say in the street like they think that you are from Morland or from. Derban or from but Preston or I will say to people I'm from Palestine no no we win here like yeah yeah but I'm not from here I'm Palestinian you know <laughs> I, I waited for people to ask me or sometimes just initiated a story to tell people I'm actually proudly not from here mm-hmm. especially okay. when we talk about the whole issues about First Nation mm-hmm. people we're all guests no matter when your exactly, grand, right. grand 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 grandparents came mm-hmm. they were not from here they were you know occupiers and colonizers to this place so mm-hmm. The difference between us all is just the date of arrival yeah. and the reason why we did it. Some people in here are here refugees because of like climate change and because of you oh. know lands that are disappearing. While others didn't even choose to come to Australia. You yeah. and some you know some camp you know facilitator applied for his uh, you know visa without even knowing much about it. So we all also have our papers, but we all also chose to. Or forced to leave home for different reasons. So Bukji was a place where people could share those stories through music like Camille does or poetry like Rania did. Yeah. And for me, like I try to bring the stories. I am the kind of researcher on this project, talking to people, interviewing people, just like yourself now, <laughs> and getting to know interesting stories that I think are worth telling and kind of sleeping on it, as people say, and like okay. to get to the right show. It took... The very first version was three years ago, and it took that time mm. to get to that shape today. So
1: Yeah, I was talking to Pepe before, and then he was telling me there was a different crew in yeah. the previous bookshare uh, yeah. from different countries as well. Yeah. Um, and it keeps evolving. You keep involving other people. That's so cool to see.
6: Yeah. Um, uh, so you will be singing? As yes, well. I will be singing um, yeah. uh, with Camille. Uh, mm-hmm. We chose. It's interesting because Camille was not in the previous shows, mm-hmm. and because we didn't know him. Luckily, we met him through the Liberut. But mm-hmm. um, uh, and then we in the previous show we had Lamabada and then when we came together, he said what about Bada? it's a very interesting song so actually it was in the previous show like mm. Pepe danced for it and we sang it so an it was amazing, amazing. Yeah. Uh, also combination kind of like of how the vision of people and what they are expecting from the show and how they are seeing it as well in between kind of cultures and how Pepe dances for it and he's Chilean, and he doesn't really know much of the words but he feels it and he mm. beautifully adds his touch into it. it all of it is just you know very good so yeah
1: cool. Tell us about yourself, so you're Palestinian, did you, um, and um, when did you arrive to Israel, how was your
6: experience? Uh, I am Palestinian, I am a Jerusalem girl, I'm a yeah. crazy Jerusalem kid, <laughs> um, and I, I would say, like, you know, knowing what Jerusalem is, you will know the combination in of, like, the most beautiful cities in the world, but um. also, like, the hardship, and that, you know, the resistant this city is facing like the city of that have never seen peace and mm. um, and like being from there and coming here uh, i first came to wa so what my experience was, was not really pleasant in the way it's not like coming to melbourne melbourne is very multicultural and beautiful uh-huh. and warm yeah. while you know other places are less like that yeah uh, but slowly, slowly, um, like I got to get you know to groups, and I got to do more art. I didn't do much in WA, uh, but here in Melbourne, I was part of an amazing play called Tales of a City by the Sea, and okay. I actually never did theatre before that play. Wow. So that was a play to introduce me to theatre, and since then, I'm just in love that I cannot leave, you know, like <laughs> this feeling of like, I'm stuck now. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't know, there's lots in my experience that I don't know if one show would be enough to live, but it's yeah. basically, um, like, the, the kind of hardship of being away from home and missing the warmth that we feel now within the show, mm-hmm. the warmth of, like, fun and joke and, and kind of music, the warmth of, like, a family. Mm. Um, if you don't have a family around, you just lose that warmth. And I don't know if any feeling in the world can replace that Mm -hmm. but we try to get more people alike minded people that are warm and loving to kind of be part of what we do so it's kind of adapting a family of your own a family you choose not a family that chose to have you Mm -hmm. uh, away from the one that you know my parents gave me and my my family all together back in Palestine having a group of artists here has really changed uh, my feeling about the place and get me more involved in um, Feeling more belonging in the space. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, yeah, I feel the same way
1: about Salaam. Like, just starting something, doing something to tell your story is so important. And also, I was really touched by Rania's um, story that um, she was telling me she arrived since uh, when she was eleven, and only till she started this project with you, she started to feel like she is processing. Uh, this experience that she had where she had to just leave everything behind and come and adapt to this new environment um, which is so strange to her and so different Um, how how do you go about
6: selecting your I actually don't select Yeah, I don't select I don't have Mm. um, I don't like go out and and call like I did try call for artists but it just doesn't work Mm. Uh, it's the feeling that this person would be amazing. Like, this is how Camille was in us, with us, like, the passion of his, to his home, mm-hmm. uh, as a young man in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, he's just y- much younger than me, so I was, like, feel like, you know, I'm talking to younger ones. But, um, like, yeah, like, it's kind of like between... Rania approached me, and she said, I would love to share with you this. Pepe was part of the Emerging Culture Leaders, and I love him, and he did mm-hmm. a show... a a a short part a short uh, showcase of his work with a suitcase and I loved it because it's really related to what Book is Mm -hmm. Uh, and you will see it today in the show Mm -hmm. Um, um, Oz I met him in the Australian performing art market and I was just in love with his personality like amazing kind of you know, energy and soul to be around. I felt like I have a little brother. I was like <laughs> cooking, bringing for us, like, you know, going out. Are you okay? Just checking on him all the time. a yeah. uh, Kush as well, I met her there and she was amazing kind of in, in making things happen and I loved her energy and her kind of like, you know, present in the space. Yeah. Our beloved Mina as well, I worked with him previously, but also just being around him with his energy was really important for me I feel like you know you need some place some people in the place to share their energy to make the balance of like my craziness and rushness with his calmness and you know clarityness I would say <laughs> um, and yeah I just I don't know if I really chose someone or like this one I don't think so I think mm. what I love most about this is the um spontaneity of it Mm. Uh, when everybody is aligned and standing and doing things as beautifully as, like it's so beautiful how they become like soldiers serving a very important cause of like, you know, talking about the experience of migration and displacement and refugees uh, in such a beautiful way
1: who is one of the poet and writer of the play, as well as a musician, he played at the performance uh, the Oud and the guitar. Uh, I remember when I first came in, he had the Oud on one side and the guitar on the other side and he commented, uh, uh, asking whether people would notice the dilemma that he lives in between the West, surrounded between instrument from the West and the East. Um, without further ado, let's talk to Meena Shamali. Okay. Mina. hi Mina. Hi. Uh, welcome to Salam Radio Show. I'm Mirna, and this is my co-host, Luqman. Lovely
7: to yeah. meet you, lovely to meet you. Uh, Mirna and Luqman, that's yeah
1: yeah um, so you are go- you are one of the musicians
7: I am uh, performance yes uh, but I also helped with um, re- developing the scripts and the Amazing. Uh, the narration and some of the poetry
1: how did you get involved with this project what what draw you drew you to to it
7: I'd been aware of Asil and Bukje for a few years. Mm. I think just randomly, I was working on a project, and someone said, "Oh, Asil, this Palestinian artist is going to be working on this project." And then it didn't happen. Mm. But you know, we had connected then. Uh, we had that first conversation, and then over the next two years, that she just kept showing up everywhere I saw. <laughs> I went. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's cool." And then uh, I got reintroduced by another artist. Um, in more detail to be, to work on Bukje and the stories of displacement, and we started working on these peripheral projects mm. um, that are you know of the Bukje brand or sensibility, but not, like it's of a seal, so it's of Bukje. You know what I mean? Um, and being an immigrant to Australia, I've spent more than more than half my life in Australia now, but you know I still have a weird idea of what's home and you know what it's like to be a foreigner everywhere everywhere okay. i go so obviously i'm not a refugee myself and i couldn't even imagine the pain of that mm. but i know what it's like to, to not feel like you're home yeah
1: i um, i get that or to
7: not know what home is and yeah. that's kind of been one of the major things that drew me yeah. to a seal and bukje and everything that this has been about
1: um, so where's your other home
7: so, I used to live in Dubai. Dubai, cool. But then my parents are Egyptian and Lebanese, but I never lived in either of these countries. <laughs> so, even so as even I,
1: Dubai was a. Even in Dubai, in Dubai, I was Dubai. a foreigner. Yeah, yeah no. exactly.
7: I <laughs> grew <You're> the epitome. <laughs> it's, I'm the third culture kid, as yeah. the term goes.
3: Yeah. I, spent, I spent a bit of time in Abu Dhabi as
7: well. Yeah. So, yeah, I know, I know what that's like. It's <laughs> weird, right? Yeah,
1: yeah look, Matt is half Syrian, half Lebanese. There we go. And I'm Syrian. I'm Lebanese, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, Identity crisis. It's <laughs> yeah. the same thing. Syria and Lebanon yeah. were um, one country before the French colonized, colonized us and yeah. decided to separate Lebanon from Syria. But anyway.
7: And it's interesting yeah. you mentioned colonization because yeah. I don't think, when you first come to Australia as a young person, mm. you don't necessarily recognize this whole colonization aspect of it Mm -hmm. and you don't recognize that we came to a colonized country we came looking for opportunity we came looking for for survival for you know a new kind of life and then you come here it's like do you know what this new kind of life was built on and then you have to find a way to make peace with that or not make peace
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's
1: not even like (laughs) making
7: peace with it but just like okay i now know this Mm -hmm what is my, what is what my position here yeah. who, who am I in this land because mm. I'm also a settler in a way mm. a settler via, via other settlers yeah um, and
1: it's a weird it's a weird one
7: <laughs> yeah it's displacement and then we yeah. realize that we are here
1: yeah.
7: among other displaced people mm. displacing ourselves and it's displacements in many forms and, and we
1: are contributing to that to that exactly and, you know, like how how do we how do we deal with that like what do we do What's the right thing to do? do we well, leave, do we a stay? lot of the
7: conversation ends yeah. up being when we say, hey, you know what, you know, Australia is colonized land and yeah. there are Aboriginal traditional owners who, you know, for whom this land was stolen. Yeah. And some people will say, look, we've got our own problems before we worry about other people's problems. Like, as immigrants, we already have our own problems. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's the complete opposite of the empathy we should be displaying exactly. to people yeah. who are displaced, mm-hmm. being displaced ourselves. I think it was... Um vani a
3: little bit earlier, she was talking about the difference in cultures, and uh, especially over here, she finds a more uh, individualist uh, sort of mentality, uh, which is exactly how you put it, which is like, I can't worry about anyone else, uh, I got my own
7: problems. You know? And there, um, is, there is a validity to that, because people have a certain headspace, a certain amount of mental energy and emotional energy they can expand on that, but to be completely... Not oblivious, but to be willfully blind to it feels a bit disingenuous mm. as an immigrant.
2: See,
5: I've been running my whole life, trying to evade the gaze of the military soldiers. It's kept me quick on my feet. No matter what, I just keep running. Feeling threatened, run. Feeling scared, run. Feeling helpless, run. Just keep running. Run, 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 run. run. But how do you outrun fear? How do you outrun the persistent drum of war that reverberates so loudly in your head telling you there's no way out? How do you outrun your breaking heart as it splits you between the immense love you have for your home and simply trying to keep your children alive? I don't know. I just keep running. I keep running towards a horizon that could have never come. I run past the buildings, past my memories, past the dreams, past my beloved, past everything I left behind. I ran towards checkpoints with pointed questions and pointed rifles at the hands of military men. At one stage, I thought this was a movie, but this was no movie, this was real. Real bullets fired at my own feet, so I ran. I ran away from my bittersweet home. I ran away from my nightmare. I ran away enough to survive. But how do you outrun fear? I don't know. I just kept running, running and praying, running and praying, running and praying, but how do you outrun fear? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just keep running. I keep running and praying. Until I step foot on these shores for the first time in a long time. But finally stop. Rest. And breathe.
1: This last performance was done by us, Malik, who is the narrator in this uh, play. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to talk to Malik and Pepe, who are the other two performers. Uh, Pepe also is a dancer from Chile, and during the play he performed uh, a beautiful Chile dance to this uh, totally different um, Middle Eastern uh, music, but somehow it's worked really well. Um, Pepe also performed a tap dance on top of the music, which was so amazing to see. There's a lot to see in this show, and I highly, highly recommend to follow uh, Asil Taya and to follow Bukzyg, and to find out when the next show is because it's, it's a show not to miss. We'll play some announcement now and then we'll be back with more snippets of the Bookshare show. You're tuning to Salaam Radio Show on 3CR Community
5: Radio.
3: There are many ways that you can keep up to date with 3CR news, events and programs. With Facebook stripping content, it's a timely reminder to focus on the communication channels and platforms that the community controls. The 3CR website is a great spot to catch all your shows via audio on demand or scroll through our range of podcasts. It's also where you can sign up to our monthly newsletter, buy yourself a new t-shirt or check out archival audio from past broadcasts. Of course, we're also on Twitter at 3CR and Instagram at 3CR Melbourne. But don't forget our mighty AM band. Catch us anytime on 855 AM. Keep in touch. 3cr.org.au You're listening to 3CR Community Radio
1: 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio.
6: You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR.
5: Where are your documents? ID. Where are you going? Can I have your full name, please? Where are your papers? Do you have an English name? What? What's that? What? Where are you from? What? Where are you really from? Where are your documents?
0: شغل 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 بس في جيل جديد طيب الجيل الصاعد شوف مواهب بتشوف ترى uh,
1: there's a story to say there's something to tell
0: you
1: yeah. but i had a يعني سرنا ما عرفت دكتور احمد بركي احمد ميرنا
3: اهلا وسهلا تشرفنا فيك احمد <تصفح> بتحبوا تحكوا على الراديو
1: تحبوا تحكوا شيء على الراديو عن ال-, عن البرفورمانس ليتو حلو والله حلو اي طبعا جيتوا هون كيف عرفتوا كيف عرفنا كيف <تصفيق> من اسيل من اسيل احنا بنعرف
0: اسيل احنا النادي الفلسطيني فلسطيني كلها لابسين لتشيكي اهلا, أهلا وسهلا البنات الشابات الصغار يعني أوه. مش اللي فوق الخمسين لا أهلا. الشابات الصغار زيي بزي <تصفيق> بس هي, ف... هي اسيد صحبه بناتنا م- فمبارحه اجو وأحنا اليوم عشان إحنا صغار. يوم <تصفيق> صغار
2: الشابات يعني. يعني في إحنا سلة مع بعض كلنا يعني. في كذا جماعي للفلسطينيين. في سلة مع بعض. فبس يصير إيش بيخبروا الكل؟
1: إحنا, واحدة احنا أسرة
2: واحدة عائلة واحدة.
1: وهاج ما هي بس خاصة بوتل
0: سيكانس ولا؟ إحنا. سينيير هي تابعة. تابعة. تابعة بوتل
1: سيكانس. يلا إن شاء الله عجبك العار. وانت كيف عرفتي عن العرب؟ انا بعرف كميل عميت معه بالنمج قبل
0: انت يعني مزيعة؟ مزيعة
1: اي مزيعة 3 انت
0: يعني عم تساجلين لا لا <تصفيق> والله احنا مش عارفين اهلا وسهلا فيكم اهلا وسهلا
1: فيكم اهلا وسهلا فيكم مزيعة
0: الرادو نايس توميتي شكرا لكم اي زعا
1: اي زعا 3 These were some of the talks I had with the audience after the show. The first one was Ahmad Baraki, who was really excited about the new generation, uh, being active and performing. Um, And then I talked to... um, A group of uh, elderly lady, Uh, they came from the senior club and they have a huge Palestinian communities and their daughters were friends with Asil and that's how they knew about the show which they thoroughly enjoyed and were really pleased to know that they were being recorded on 3CR community radio. Well, this is the end of our show. I was lucky after the show to find uh, Meenash Shemadi again and uh, tell him how amazing the show is and ask him a couple of other questions. So I'll leave you with that.
3: That
1: was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um,
7: No, that's, it's been a really good day. I think we've done like nine or 10, 10 shows in the last two, three weeks or something. Uh, So yeah, this being the final one is. I think it's a sigh of relief in the sense that it delivered what it was meant to deliver. No. Yeah. In the sense that um, in yesterday's show, we had one of the people whose stories was, was uh, part of the show. So to actually see that, that he felt honored, yeah. that he felt his story was being done justice, is just amazing. And it's like, it's a weird thing. It's just like, hey, here are the words that this person said that are part of this theatrical show in this different format... But, uh, you know, if they see it, are they going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? Or are they going to be like, yes, this, oh my God, thank you. And I felt like more the latter. I felt like, yes, the the thankfulness and, and... I'm just thankful that I got an opportunity to showcase it because yeah. this is. So you yeah. wrote
1: a lot of the poetry.
7: So the poet, like Rania's poems, were her own, and yeah. then the, the joint poem that we did was yeah. um, we mashed up two her poems yep. that seemed to speak on the same theme,
3: yeah.
7: uh, and then the pieces in between the narration. Um, these are all based on the stories, and we just kind of so three different stories, three or four different stories. It's. it's it's been a busy time, so three or four different stories, uh, and we kind of put them together into this format, but pretty much uh, kept the elements unchanged. Yeah. So, you know, you just you put the elements together, but all of these things are things that they said, the, the sights and the sounds and the feelings, they're all things that they've actually... Um